the radical left, the Marxists, the anarchists, the agitators, the looters, and people who, in many instances, have absolutely no clue what they are doing. Welcome to What Radicalized You, a podcast of stories and experiences that have shaped people's ideas about our world and the way society should function. My name is Wambli Chea, and Lakota, that means a crying eagle. And as a singer-songwriter, I go by Juke. I am based on the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota. I am Ogallala Lakota. Most people know it as Sioux. My main emphasis and, and a lot of my work is geared towards attempting to represent myself as an indigenous person, but bring awareness to a lot of things that take place on a systemic level and, and be an influence for language and cultural revitalization, sobriety, healing, mental health. The definitive moment is something that I think a lot of indigenous people especially even if it's in, in my own community, things I can relate to. It was approximately probably about five years ago when I had actually gone to my first anipi, my first sweat, first ceremony. It was sort of like a, a complete kind of awakening for me. You know, coming from the cadence of what I dealt with personally, where I grew up in a small town in Iowa. Due to my Ina and my Duni, they're both twins. They were both adopted away, my mom and my aunt, by the way, they were both adopted from the Pine Ridge Reservation to a Christian family. And sort of, there was a lot of kind of conflicts around that stuff, but, you know, inevitably me coming into this, you know, coming into the world and whatnot, it was like so many different things that I was disconnected from that I never necessarily knew prior to. And there were almost so many different things that I dealt with where it was just like the erasure of Native identity where like where I was at, people didn't know that natives were even a thing. They perceived them as cool, but they had nothing to really go off of, especially just being in Iowa where there was just, there wasn't anything. But at the same time, the cadence of like dealing with systemic racism, where I would end up dealing with racism from like races I would be associated with, like Mexican or like Asian and all those kind of things that white people still kind of harbor for its people of color in some way, shape or form. It took a lot for me to get to the point of where I'm at currently. You know, I, I'm in my own space in now, and I have become more comfortable in every aspect of where I'm at in regards to reconnecting to who I am as an Indigenous person, but as well as be, being more comfortable with who I am. It took until, you know, end of 2019 for me to own up to being bisexual and polyamorous. And, and that becomes more complex to me because it's like the more I've progressively learned in regards to my Lakota my Lakota culture, it was that like LGBTQ plus had already been accepted prior to colonization. They were already a thing to the point where there weren't really formal like labels in regards to orientation. It was just kind of like a thing that was. And it wasn't no one really batted an eye to it. There's a, you know, and and with that context there's a lot more nuance to it. But Having kind of achieved this awareness and having to, had to like work through it since I you know came back into my culture and stuff, it's been like a, a very profound like process as a whole. And it's what keeps me in the same place where I feel like it's so important to express all these details. And, and it goes deeper than this, you know, but like it's also something that can be of detriment 
you know, I've been trying to teach the cadence of like, it's important to be aware of this and try to advocate against these things systemically, especially when it comes to being in a place like South Dakota. Being back home, I've been <laughs> paying attention to it way more of how much my own people are sort of pressured into falling into these caricatures because it's mechanisms of response and survival. And that's the cadence that can make it so hard to have that personal inclination towards, you know, our language and our actual protocols, actual manners of behaving, but at the same time, the realm of what our day-to-day -day lives look like. There was still room, you know, regardless of what was there for colonization, for there was still room for mistakes. There was still room for people having fun or being goofy or, you know, crazy stuff happening or whatever. There was... It was that understanding that the good and bad kind of are there hand in hand and can sort of be subjective other than current stuff that we're dealing with in our communities in regards to like alcohol and drugs and abuse of all kinds and missing and murdered indigenous women and children. They're deviations of a system that has found a way to like to successfully deem us as if we're not worthy of that recognition of, of representation and acknowledgement. And so it's like, even though now more than ever, obviously, you know, we're, we're seeing that in that narrative shift, especially with, I think the biggest was like no dapple, but I mean, there was always different movements. Regardless, it's like, I still feel the need. And I think that anyone that's a performer, anyone that's like doing really anything in any capacity still has to really try to figure out ways to acknowledge everything because impertinence to me is dis distinctly as a Lakota. It's really, really hard to not to get lost in sort of like the pan Native American identity. You know, we want to sit here and have this unity amongst our people, amongst our indigenous. But then sometimes I feel like our, our distinct identities kind of get assimilated into, you know, which is literally a mechanism brought upon by the government. I feel like whenever I'm trying to honor my distinction as an Ogallala, as, you know, Akhota, it's never with the intent of like excluding any other tribes or even necessarily even non-natives because we're all kind of dealing with the context of colonization and how we've been hit by everything. Everyone's dealing with it to some degree. It's all, you know, I mean, like every, all the realms of what we deal with even as kids, it's all systemic. More people are starting to kind of catch on to those dynamics. I feel like that's what I, I think is so important to articulate in my artistry, in the story that I put into my music, The Ogallala Wolf Puppy with PTSD, and in the process of also learning to express myself more openly and, and not be afraid to touch base on things and not afraid to also just be like, you know, like I feel like it's also the realm of just telling stories, even if it gets crazy, even if I'm talking about like relationships or sex or different stuff that can be almost considered taboo sometimes like in, in indigenous art, because there's an unusual sense of prudence that I think is also developed too. It's regardless of how many res jokes or res memes, like people like to joke around about this different stuff. I think having more people embrace sexuality and trying to digest these things can decrease the possibilities of trauma kind of controlling the narrative of sexuality as a as an indigenous person because i see that a lot too since i am bisexual it's like trying to acknowledge that and as, as well as not cater to like the realms and, and acknowledge hypersexuality being a problem in our communities and, and uh, you know a multitude of things so it's 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 yeah you know what i mean I, that's what kind of pushes me to that point of wow i have to be willing to sit there and be raw and be open and deal with however people are going to react because I'm always with elders doing what they do. They can be the person to say something or chime in or whatever because that's what their role is. But at the same time, elders always have to be like, oh yeah, they're young. Like, oh yeah, they're like, oh, this is a 
they're in their teens or they're 20 something or even like 30s. It's all that process of growth that at the same time you can present all this information. But at the same time, we can also sit here and be like, well, I'm just also living my life and trying to figure things out. But I understand a lot of different things that plague our communities. And that's the kind of point that I feel like is so important in regards to expressing everything as an artist, as, a, as an indigenous artist, especially from whatever tribe you come from, because it becomes more authentic in that sense. It forces people to talk about things that, that have kind of become unnecessarily taboo in a lot of different ways. When I first moved back was November 6, 2015. I think like the initial mindset, because like what was interesting about my situation was that I had an opportunity with a label that I was previously on to kind of continue music, but then it was also like, oh, I should try to work towards reconnecting. And it was literally like the week after that I, I experienced my first sweat, which was so insane because it was just somebody that I met in Rapid City, South Dakota. And he's someone that I still am very, very close to. But it was that kind of significant moment that had like transgressed. And then it kind of put me into this pathway of like, I knew that my whole entire cadence was different. I just didn't feel what I think people expected me to feel, I think. And, and, and I think that just comes with like that, that lack of recognition in regards to the complication that like, you know, colonization has brought indigenous people in that sense where it's like our contingency has a lot more simplicity to it, I think in, in the headspace that I'm sort of understanding. The more I've kind of progressed along, it's like, I still want all these different things. You know, I want to see more of my, more, more of the youth latch onto our language and culture. And I want more of the youth to understand there is a certain level of flexibility, regardless of the, the strictness that can be presented in Lakoli Choka in, in regards to our Lakota culture. It's like this, this necessary thing to really kind of understand how broad, but also that there is so many consistent nuances that come with, I think, I mean, I think it's a consistency that happens with every indigenous culture because like you can learn so much stuff, but this was like, you have to think in the context of like, this was their everyday world. You know, it was a whole entire societal construct that was in place with our ancestors and stuff prior to colonization. And now we're just kind of picking up on all of these different things. And it's like, I think that's the point. It pushes me more to try to like understand how how far can I really take trying to express that spectrum of identity in regards to the culture, in regards to our distinct cultures and stuff like that? Because it's something that, like, you know, in regards to my ancestors, they basically already validated a lot of this different stuff, you know, in regards to gender or sexuality or the spectrum, you know, like I said, the spectrum of it all. That's what I want people to have. In one of my poems from my, my second project, Nia, it sort of basically concludes with the simple idea that I can't necessarily correct what's going on in my communities without correcting myself first. And that's what I felt like was something that was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, I, it took a lot for me to even hit that. And I didn't even realize I put that in the story. We see so much of that stuff where we develop like a weird savior complex unintentionally. It's But it comes with our people. It's like, this is our people. Like we want to just sit there and aid everything, but then if we haven't fully you know, reconciled everything, how we've been distinctly affected, how everything has trickled down and affected us in our environments that we grew up in, and we can't necessarily snap our own people out of it. And we also have to accept the realm that our own people have to do kind of the similar work. They have to snap out of themselves. You know, you can sit there and say as much as you want for them, 
but it isn't going to give them everything. It's a process, but it's possible. You know, you just have to be willing to put yourself in these situations and be willing to speak up and don't hold yourself accountable to every situation because you, you don't have control over what everyone else is going to do and how everyone else is going to feel. But all you can do is make people aware and give people that opportunity to see that there's other routes of existence and just you know, show our people that there's other routes of being and other routes of like operating. That's what continues my process of like reconnection and my purpose for basically, you know, living on the patch of land that my people were relocated to, but this land is still sacred. This is where my people like now it's like we consider it as home and we think of Pine Ridge as home as well. It's also like can be it it can be flipped from the negativity, the systemic negativity, this is the systemic poverty that plagues here. It can be flipped in a way that it can be more of like a safe haven for our people and where we can work towards those narratives of land back and it's a whole process, but it's you just have to be willing to not only look at it for yourself, but then be able to give it to other people in a bigger way and acknowledge everything, even if it doesn't validate you. When I was making that music, what I was making before I reconnected to really who I was, it just didn't have any meaning. It just didn't feel like it was truly that authentic or real or it didn't. I, I just wasn't having fun with it. But it was like, <laughs> at the time, my mechanism of like expression, it was kind of like the one, one of those things that kind of helped me get through things, dealing with my environment where I was at. Now, since like I got back, I came back home and, and, and began the whole narrative of pursuing artistry, especially doing it from the res and navigating everything. It's like, it's hard when you see people literally actively living out what you were doing before, where like, there are too many like indigenous artists where their whole cadence is sort of mimicking non-natives and adopting that. When I think of like indigenous hip hop, it's kind of one of the more like complex and frustrating things because it's like you're pushing towards those narratives because it's something that you identify with, that you relate to because you don't have much else. Or at least you perceive it that way because of colonization that sort of actively disenfranchises and opts you and encourages you to disconnect from who you are and treat your own language and culture in your own distinct context, like to act like it doesn't matter, right? And to act like the identity that would sprout from that connection doesn't matter. And so it's like, as an artist now, being someone that like fully embraces my personal experience of my our language or culture, as well as going about it my way, it's kind of interesting. And it's also just frustrating in itself because it, it, what I think can happen in regards to like the indigenous music scene is the amount of like complacency that I feel like I see a lot in musicians. The ability to like not continue to evolve and grow and expand and encourage people to get crazier with their artistry. And it kind of puts me in this place where I don't really know like I feel like I know I'm good at what I do, but then it's like, sometimes I feel like I'm too weird. But it's like, I feel like at the same time, I give more people this idea that you can like other things, you can be into other styles of music and, and also at the same time incorporate who you are and make that a relevant aspect of your art and make that matter rather than trying to validate the, basically the, the identity you develop through your own systemic oppressions. Reconnecting and, and validating cultural identity through music is a mechanism of resistance in itself. It gives it life, it gives it a soundtrack in that sense.
you know, but even, but it's in your own way. Because at the end of the day, even if we all are inclined to our cultures or languages, we're still our own people. It's not, we're all going to become the same because it's not how it was back then either. We were still all different people. Because like people kind of almost lose that in a sense when you're regaining everything. And in regards to the entire music scene, you can hear something like, you know, with like America, like where Spanish can be such like a prominent thing where like, oh my gosh, it's like this cool thing when, when like really Spanish is just another colonizer language, it's another white colonizer language. So it's like, when I think of like all of these indigenous languages that are sort of just deliberately neglected because everything feels like it needs to be made for digestible for white people. I can't sit here and fully embrace my language, my Lakota language and, and, and put it in my music because everything needs to be translated. And I feel like that's so uncomfortable you know, for me because I feel like all I want to do is encourage all of my people and really almost anybody. I mean, it's, it's a mechanism of survival, you know, it, creating that context for our languages to feel like they're, they're something that deserves to be present and heard and, and not heard only under contexts of like ceremony or like <laughs> sacred situations but like hearing it being used in a day-to-day scenario and context and pushing it to be just this normalized thing and, and pushing it to be heard and recognized in all spaces, combating erasure as a whole for our languages and combating erasure for also our identities. You know, that's what I feel like my artistry is for that. I'm always incorporating my language in some capacity. I'm going to have a lot more records in my Lakota language and I'm hoping to kind of push for more of that representation, regardless of whether whether a white person understands every single lyric. It's a lot of work. I think sometimes some people from my own community aren't really willing to like completely undertake yet. But I feel like more people gradually will as there's more push and more representation. With a story that exists in my music, which I call the Ogallala Wolf Puppy with PTSD. It's really speaking in relevance to, I think, the overall indigenous experience. Of course, I want to, you know, my, all my efforts, I want, you know, I want them to hit my Ogallalas on Pine Ridge and, and you know, the, the Lakota reservations in South Dakota. But I think it can speak to, you know, virtually any, any indigenous from many tribes, any other tribes all over the world, uh, regardless of skin color, regardless of... In every aspect, I think, with the chapters, because I've released three chapters, in essence, three projects of the Ogallala Wolf Puppy with PTSD. And, and you know, with this project I just dropped and the next one that'll come out, there's a lot of comments and remarks and, and, and things I want everyone to think about. Our, our men, our women, you know, become aware of how we can contribute to these, like, systemic issues that are plaguing our communities and how we unintentionally can be a, a part of enabling very problematic scenarios in regards to like misogyny and like toxic masculinity, you know, anti-LGBT rhetoric, a multitude of things. That's the point of like the Ogallala Wolf Puppy with PTSD. There's points in my music where it can sound so upbeat and fun, but I'm also like kind of intertwining so many different little things. And so, you know, I want any any indigenous that hear it, like, I just want them to look into everything and read everything and feel everything. Cause there's more, there's so much to it. and you know, I, I put a lot into this stuff and it's a lot, but I think that when people kind of get into making these sort of universes or making worlds for people to dive into, it can give them an opportunity to kind of kind of also like apply it to themselves and like look at how they're kind of experiencing things.